The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. You know, it's human nature to want the best deal on goods and services. We want to pay the least, but we want to get the most, and why not? It's our hard-earned money. You've also heard the old adage, get what you pay for. Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Can I get an amen to that? I agree 100%. Right? Welcome back. When it comes to your investment and retirement plan, the value of an advisor is an important discussion. It is. You really need to know, one, who you're working with and, and what you're getting out of that relationship. There's more to it than just investments. And we want to take a deep dive into really everything that comes from that relationship of working with a valued partner on the financial advising side. For sure. Russell Investments put out a really nice piece that caught your eye, and it's an excellent five-step process that breaks it down. And we're going to talk about that. They do A, B, C, P, and T. A is first up, that is annual rebalancing of investment portfolios. And we talk about this a lot. Yeah, we do. And and why this is so important to understand is because as the years move along, portfolios change. Every year you could have some things that do well, some things that don't. And if you're not paying attention, if you don't have somebody behind you guiding you, helping you, looking for those opportunities, you're going to miss out on the opportunities to basically sell high and buy low. A great stat is if you look back, and Russell Investments put this out in a study they did from January 1st, 2009, if you had a basic 60-40 portfolio and you didn't make any changes to that portfolio, 10 years later on December 31st, 2019, you would have 21% more equity exposure and 18% less bond exposure without doing any rebalancing. It gets out of whack. It does. It does. And what it, what's that doing is it takes you from what you consider a moderate investor, and now you're actually a more moderately aggressive investor. You've actually moved up the risk scope through this process by not making any changes. Now, they talk about annual rebalancing. We do it more often, and they probably do as well. Correct. So, we, you know, there's, there's the annual rebalancing where if you look at it in your 401k, you can kind of set up that tool. But here at Annex, we do it a little bit more different. We're constantly looking for the opportunities to take advantage of it in the marketplace. And this isn't a, you know, buy today, sell tomorrow, buy today. You know, Dave and Derek and the investment team do a phenomenal job. But we're looking for opportunities inside the portfolio to add value for our clients. So it's a little bit more than the annual rebalancing. But overall, you want to stay focused on that. And we can help you, especially on the 401k to make sure you're doing that because that's where you see this. People make the largest mistake in this area. Gotcha. We're talking about the value of an advisor. B stands for behavioral mistakes individual investors typically make. And they do that, don't they? They do. And I, I don't think there is any more time, more important time to talk about this than right now. When you think about what we all just went through, from March 23rd lows to where we are today, you know, there's a lot of panic out in the marketplace. But what you need to do is you need to stay focused on the long term. And I think you and I talked about this last week. It is very important to stay focused on the long term. And what Russell did is they look at it and they say, okay, if you're an average investor, and nobody necessarily wants to be average, but, you know, an average investor... What has happened from 1984 to 2019 is because they go in and out of the market. They basically do the exact opposite of what you should do, and they buy high and sell low. 
And that has actually can cost them upwards of 2%. Mm. By working with somebody who can help coach you through that, talk you through that, and keep you focused on the long-term plans, you can see a savings in the long run for you and your portfolio. A couple quick points on behavior. You know, there, there's a few things that you commonly see with folks, uh, and it's related to human biases. The first is obviously loss aversion. Um, so they hold their winners too long. They're afraid to sell their losers. Uh, the second is overconfidence. They're just trading too much. Um, another thing is hurting. So, you know, what is my neighbor doing? I want to do that. Mm. I've actually, I've gotten a lot of those calls. Uh, familiarity. So we see a lot of home country bias. So where are most of your investments? They're right here in the U.S. Well, there is opportunity outside of the U.S. If you partner with somebody, you can definitely take advantage of that. And the last thing is just truly understanding diversification. And we call it, I guess you'd say naive diversification, but being truly diversified and setting up a diversified portfolio. And when you partner with a firm like Annex, we can really direct you and help you figure out what makes the most sense. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Talking about the value of an advisor, we believe in it. C stands for cost of basic investment only management. Are we talking about robo-advisors? We are, and that's, it's very simple. You think of Betterment, you think of Schwab, uh, Intelligent Portfolios. These are places where you can go and you can get one thing. You can get investment management. Basically, you could call it advice, but it isn't really. It's a portfolio that suits your needs based on you answering anywhere from six to maybe 10 questions. And that's it. There's no time for you to sit down with somebody, talk about your goals, talk about some upcoming events you might have. You know, here at Annex, one of the things I've noticed we do a lot of is we'll sit down with an individual and they say, well, this is my short-term goal. I have this. So we'll actually have a separate account with a separate risk tolerance put up just for that situation. And then we'll have a different account with a different type of investment schedule for different goals. When you work with a robo-advisor, you don't get any of that. You just have the pure cost. And the pure cost of that is surprisingly going up every year from five years ago when you looked at about 0.25% for a robo-advisor to nowadays on a $400,000 account is about 0.29 in a recent study that Russell Investments did. Oh, that's way higher than I guess I thought. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a lot higher than you would have expected. Sure. This is part one of a conversation about the value of an advisor. We'll be back with Brandon Lehman in a bit. Stick around for that. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. 2020 may have one last surprise for you. Tax laws are likely to change in the coming months, which may have a significant impact on your plan. Let's take a look at your tax situation. Annex Wealth Management is different. Our team of experts include tax planning professionals. There's still time to review where you are and where you're headed. And we're also ready to assist with financial, retirement, and estate planning. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. 2021 is around the corner. Get ready with Annex Wealth Management. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Deanne Phillips is part of the team at Annex. She is Director of Client Learning and Development. She's a CFP, CDFA. That's a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. And welcome back. Thank you. Hi, Danny. This is a conversation about what's called the gray divorce. And how do you define that, Deanne? Well, that actually means when you split up or divorce after the age of 50. They call it gray for whatever reason. But as we both know, there are a few things more devastating than divorce, both emotionally and financially, unfortunately. But when it happens to older people, there is potentially more of an impact on your retirement. In fact, divorce rates for people over 50 has more than doubled since 1990. And you mm-hmm. said it's harrowing. It's it's messy. So if you get divorced after 50, you expect your wealth to drop by 50%. Now, that's not a surprise. And it's more complex than that. 
It is. Uh, the economic impact can be really tough, especially if a couple is unaware of their financial picture and wh- what it'll look like after their assets are split. And, you know, sometimes, Danny, people are unaware of what their financial assets look like before they split, too, or while they're a happily married couple. But income after divorce needs to be addressed as well. This is all about the financial planning aspect. Now, perhaps the couple was counting on both Social Security payments, for example, to run one household. Now they might be looking at two checks running two households, and each person receives only one payment to run their own household. That can definitely leave a threat to standard of living as well. So researchers have found that a divorced woman who's over the age of 50 could actually see a standard of living drop by 45%, and that's actually double the decline for younger divorced women. Now, people get divorced for a zillion different reasons. I I did see that one of the reasons couple divorce is what happens in retirement. They hit retirement and they find incompatibility and they find conflict. We really do encourage people to kind of walk through that discussion of expectations in retirement. Well, right, because if you think about it, a lot of households have both people in the married couple working. So really think about how much time you spend with your work family as opposed to your own family. We try to spend, you know, as much time as we can with our the family we choose, but we spend so much time at work that all of a sudden when they retire, they find themselves spending so much time together and they have to find this new compatibility because they really are different human beings. We, we've aged and we've got this experience and now it's all the time to hit all those hobbies and bucket lists and it's really important you have an open, honest discussion with your significant other and share your hopes and desires and dreams because we could be living a lot longer, hopefully, in retirement. That's right. We're talking about the gray divorce with Deanne Phillips. That's for people over 50 and it happens more and more. Deanne, once the dust is settled, or maybe it's still settling, anybody who's going through or gone through a divorce needs a solid financial plan. You said that earlier, but even more so for the gray divorces. That's very true. And that's, again, because of the the income hit as well as the cut in assets to draw from in retirement. But there are several things to look at. And, you know, this is true of any... Um, trauma that might happen to your financial plan, just understanding your financial plan and, and the vision, the cash flowing that happens, what your needs are, the budget. You know, if there's still a child in a household, obviously that budget has greater demands and your tax rate's going to change. So the effective time and date of the year of divorce is the date it's finalized. So for example, even if it's December 30th, you're divorced for that entire year. So you need to work with you know, your planner and your accountant on your tax rate change. You know, catch up contributions in your 401k or 503b. If you're over the age of 50, you can actually put more away for your retirement. So it's important to look and say, what can I do to get more put away now for my future, which maybe closer <laughs> to retirement than you were, you know, when you first got married. There's an impact on Social Security, which we covered. You need to redo that estate plan. You need to think about health insurance, how you're going to be covered. Danny, a lot of times people come to us and their first question is, when can I retire? That answer might change. These are all financial planning questions that a planner can help you with. So, Deanne, you're a CDFA. That's a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. What have you learned over the years as far as the 
steps to take? By the time people are working their way through the divorce, they're realizing they're going to have to split their assets. And this is really where a financial planner can really help you. And as a CDFA, what I do is focus on the after impact. I mean, I, I know how to split that pension, what the tax consequences are, that kind of thing. So it goes a little bit more in depth of splitting assets. We work with attorneys through and then after the process too. What we don't want are people to be surprised to the downside when they take a look at the leftover income, leftover assets, and then they just don't have questions answered like, when can I retire? So engaging a financial planner toward the beginning of that process, like after you've been served, is really important. Talking about the gray divorce, Deanne Phillips, part of the team at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. You've heard the saying, you get what you pay for, and we're talking about the value of an advisor. This is part two. If you miss part one, we're going to have that on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. The value of an advisor, this came from Russell Investments, and it's quite good. Uh, They broke it up into an A, B, C, P, and T. A was annual rebalancing. B was behavioral mistakes individual investors typically make. C is the cost of basic investment-only management. We're talking about robo-advisors here. Brandon Lehman joins me, and we're going to pick things back up with the value of an advisor. We are to P, and that's planning costs and ancillary services. This is really where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, and this is really what Annex is all about. This is true holistic planning to help you reach and achieve those financial outcomes and goals you, you strived your whole life to build towards. And I think, put this all in perspective, Russell Investments has done a great job here. And, and there was a study as well done by Kitsis, Michael Kitsis, if you're familiar with who that is. Kind of a uh, rock star in the world, right? He is, yep. especially in the registered investment advisory world. And is standalone planning, their study proved that standalone planning is about $2,080 a year, or about half a percent on a $400,000 account. That's just putting the plan together. So that's the, the time the planner puts in, the investment team puts in, the tax planning team puts in. All those individuals, when they sit down, they start building all of this and come to you with a plan. Now, obviously, that's not just a one-time plan, and I think that's where a lot of people tend to get lost, is they think, well, it's a plan, it's set in stone, but really, we're monitoring this throughout the year. Dave Spano talks about this back in the old days. You'd give everybody a book, and it'd be like, see you later. It's not. This is living and breathing. Correct. And with the software that we utilize here, I call it a living plan. You know, This is a living, breathing document where you can sit down. So I just did this with an individual, and we sat down, we reviewed the plan, and we looked at it with everything that's gone on. And and while it had gone down, I think we talked about this last week, it's still in good shape. And that's the key. It's a living, breathing plan. And what people don't often realize is along with building that plan, there's so many, as you said, ancillary services, as Russell puts it, savings and distribution analysis. You look at investment and cash flow planning. Stock options, an area where I have spent a significant amount of my career is looking and viewing, understanding stock options from major publicly traded corporations. Um, You look at property and casualty review and partnering with somebody who can help with that. Long-term care insurance. The list goes on and on of all the different things that we do here. And there's really a value for that. And Russell puts it, you know, somewhere in the lines of half to three quarters of a percent for all that time that they're putting in for you. And I think that's key to understand that it's not just what you see that one meeting a year, that those three, four meetings a year where you sit down and you view it. This is a lot of time put in by quite a few people behind the scenes to create your plan. 
The real beauty of it, too, is we're a fee-only fiduciary. So we're not generating this stuff to generate commissions. This is part of the fee. That's what's so important. You know, we are doing this because it's in your best interest. To us, what matters is giving you the best solution and supporting you and helping you find your financial goals and outcomes. So you're in the backyard at the cookout, and your neighbor says, oh, Brandon, I can do all this myself. And it's like, wait a minute, probably not. There's a few things you probably could. Uh, You might be really good at the investment side. You might be really good at the tax side, depending on what you do for a living. However, we can bring together a whole group of folks and experts to help you in all those areas. Oh, you said it. You said taxes. We're T, and that stands for Tax Smart Investing. Yes. This is the last thing. This is, I don't want to say newer, but it has come out more recently, probably in the last five years where this has been a big focus because you started to see years where people were paying taxes, but getting no returns on their mutual funds. And that's called your capital gain distributions. So you need to be tax aware and tax smart when it comes to your investing plan. And when you work with Annex, you work with our investment team, we develop a strategy in conjunction with our tax planning team on what makes the most sense for your investment goals and objectives. And we have to be very tax cognizant of what we're doing. And I've I've talked about this constantly on the radio, how important it is to understand what your investments are, where you hold them and what they are doing. Because in April, You might not realize back in March that it's going to have a negative impact next April on you. You also use that phrase I hadn't heard before, but tax drag. I mean, think about it. It's it's an anchor. It, it is an anchor. And, you know, Russell Investments does a great job of quantifying this. And we can sit down with each individual and look at what your actual tax drag is of your portfolio and help you basically unwind that and get to what would be more tax efficient in the long run. The value of an advisor. I think you've demonstrated the case very nicely. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. That's how we think. That's how we operate. When it gets down to it, think carefully about the value of a fee-only fiduciary. That is the value of an advisor. Brandon Lehman, appreciate it. Danny, thank you so much. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. This is Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about the Immokalee Foundation. They prepare their students for careers that lead to financial independence through their focus on education and professional development. We all know 2020 has been a tough year, but for the young people in Immokalee, 2020 is just another one of many challenging years. If you did not know, the poverty rate in Immokalee is over 40%. Over half the kids between 5 and 17 live below the poverty level. Knowledge and education is power. Can you help change a child's life through the gift of education? You bet. Visit ImmokaleeFoundation.org slash donate. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney here, and she works with clients on a wide array of matters, including what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Leaving money to minors. Now, I'm thinking trust fund babies. I think that's the first phrase that comes to mind, and I've known some, and they've been A, insufferable, and B, it hasn't gone well. Well, it depends on A, the dollar amount, but trust funds are generally actually a pretty good idea. And I think today we'll talk about what are some of the alternatives and maybe you might get turned around that the trust fund might be the better of the four. Okay. The typical arrangement, right? Spouses would leave money to the other spouse in the event that one of them died, right? That's a 
the beneficiary, the primary? That's a pretty typical estate plan where, you know, married couple leaves everything to each other. And then when the second of them passes, it passes on to the kids. But it doesn't always work that way, right? If something tragic happened, but then there's plenty of single parents too. Correct. And so it's important to think about if something happened to you and you were the sole parent that was alive, whether it's because a spouse predeceased or passed away at a very young age, or there's a divorce and, and they're just not yeah. in the picture anymore, those types of things, it's important for people to think about. So I was reading up about this and I came across the phrase property management, and that seemed really clinical, like it was a series of buildings or something. <laughs> but what do you think about that? When you leave something to someone who's under 18, somebody needs to manage it, whether it's they get left a house, somebody needs to take care care of that house for those children, somebody needs to manage finances or a bank account for those kids. That's what I guess property management would be. So to properly pass money to kids, is this set up via a will or is this a trust? It can be both or it can be none of the above. What happens is we work with a lot of clients who they use beneficiary designation. Maybe they say, I leave my IRA to my spouse and in the event that my spouse passes away before I do, I leave it to my kids. That's a very typical kind of estate plan and beneficiary designation form. The issue there becomes if all of a sudden both spouses have passed away and those kids are minors, they're going to inherit that IRA as minors. And so then all of a sudden they've got IRAs that they need to deal with and, and we have to figure out what to do with them. I saw the phrase court-appointed guardians. If you have minor children and you normally in a will would list who would be the guardian of those children in the event that you passed away and they're still minors. What that looks like is, is there's two types of guardianship. There's guardian of the person who are they going to live with? Who's going to take them to school and coordinate, you know, the vacations and all of those types of things. But then there's also a guardian of the estate, and that's the person who manages the property. So normally in a will, you appoint someone to be that person. It, they can be the same. They don't have to be different, but you're picking who that's going to be. In the absence of a will, likely what's going to happen, an interested family member is going to come forward and ask to be appointed by the court. It is going to be someone that is known to the family that the court is going to basically pass judgment on and say that this is the appropriate person. Talking to Jill Martin about passing money to kids, many different ways, many different situations. Let's talk about something called the UTMA, the U-T-M-A. What does that stand for? So U-T-M-A is a lovely acronym in our legal world. The Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. That allows you to transfer property in a little bit more efficient way than having this full guardianship of the estate that comes into play. Because the guardianship of the estate has annual court filings, and the guardian is going to have to go to court and get permission to make distributions for the benefit of that minor. And guardianships terminate when that child turns 18. UTMAs are a statutory creation that basically allows someone to create an account where they name someone as a custodian to take care of that money for the minor. The difference with the UTMA account is it extends it out to 21, but it also doesn't have the court supervision over it. So that custodian who's who's taking care of those funds can use those funds for the minor without having to get court approval to do everything. So UTMA, to me, sounds cleaner, better? Uh, depends on your facts and circumstances is my answer in my legal world, okay. right? The difference is, is the guardianship is very, very supervised so that the court is going to ensure those funds are used for the benefit of that minor. The UTMA account doesn't have the court involvement. So if you pick a custodian who's not real great with money, they could start potentially siphoning that money off for themselves 
rather than for the minor. So there's some pros and cons with both of them that depends on who it is that you trust to be that person. But generally, the UTMA is going to be less invasive from a, an administrative standpoint. So no matter what, when the, when the person, the kid, turns 21, they get it all? That is going to be their account going forward. Okay. And so what happens is, is, you know, like at Annex, we have UTMA accounts for clients where maybe a grandparent set it up for a child. And so what happens is, is legally that child becomes the owner of that account when they're 21. And therefore, they have full control over that account. Could that be a disaster? 18, 21, right. 40? I don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, right. <laughs> depending on what's going on with your facts and circumstances, any age could be detrimental. But a lot of people tend to think that 18 and 21 might be a little young for people to inherit money. My research has shown, yes, that is the case. So can you do it where somebody would inherit the money at 30 or, or later? or? Yeah, so that's where you can use trusts. Instead of leaving money just to the minor outright, which creates the guardianship or into an UTMA account, people will use trusts as part of their estate plan. So you can do this under the will or under a revocable trust that you use. But basically, instead of leaving it to my son, Bob... I'm leaving it in trust for my son, Bob. And what that does is that creates a trustee who's going to be responsible for that property management, making distributions. But you get to customize the terms and conditions that Bob gets to make distributions for and the age at which that trust would terminate, if at all. It sounds complicated, and it sounds like something definitely people need professional help on. Jill, that's what you do for our clients. Absolutely. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.